The first reading for this, the seventh Sunday of Easter, which serves as the text for our sermon, comes from the Acts of the Apostles, the first chapter. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the zealot, and Judas the son of James. All these, with one accord, were devoting themselves to prayer, together with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers. The company of persons was in all about 120, and said, Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. Now this man bought a field with the reward of his wickedness, and falling headlong he burst open in the middle, and all his bowels gushed out. And it became known to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so that the field was called in their own language a keldama, that is, field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, May his camp become desolate, And let there be no one to dwell in it, and let another take his office. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. And they put forward two, Joseph, called Barsabbas, who was also called Eustace, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, You, Lord, who know the hearts of all, show which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven apostles. This is the word of the Lord. Christ has risen from the dead. He has given him dominion over the works of his hands. The epistle reading comes from the first letter of John, the fifth chapter, beginning at the ninth verse. If we receive the testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that he has borne concerning his Son. Whoever believes in the Son of God has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe God has made him a liar, because he has not believed in the testimony that God has borne concerning his Son. And this is the testimony, that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel comes to us according to St. John, the 17th chapter. Glory to you, Lord. Jesus said, Holy Father, 
Keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost, except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake I consecrate myself, that they also may be sanctified in truth. This is the gospel of our Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Can you name the twelve apostles? Well, there's Peter, James, and John. Those are the easy ones, right? But then who? Thomas, unfortunately remembered forever as Doubting Thomas, so he kind of sticks in our mind. Maybe Matthew, because he wrote one of the Gospels, but... We really don't even think of him that much as an apostle. Maybe even Judas, the son of James, simply because he's not that Judas. But have you heard anything about Matthias? He was one of the twelve chosen apostles. One of the twelve that Jesus Christ chose to be his voice in the world. To speak the truth of his death and resurrection for the forgiveness of sins, to travel into the world and do astounding things by the power of God. He was a witness of Jesus Christ's ministry from the beginning to the end. He was chosen by God to proclaim the gospel and establish Christ's church here on earth. And as an apostle, he is one of the pillars of of the early church, one of the twelve names on the new Jerusalem that we will see in heaven. That's Matthias. But what do we know about him? What did he do? What do we remember him for? Well, according to the Bible, Matthias, I got nothing. We don't know. He is only mentioned here as he is chosen to be the Apostle. Now, some people say that, like most people of that day, he was known by several names due to the multilingual and multicultural culture. Some people say that he is Nathaniel in the book of John. Some identify him with Barnabas in Paul's missionary work. Some even think he might be that famous wee little man in the sycamore tree, Zacchaeus. There are plenty of myths and postulations and suppositions But the truth of the matter is that we don't know anything more about Matthias than what we are told here. And what we are told here is that he was someone who was with them from the beginning, witnessed Jesus' baptism, was there all the way through the resurrection, and that's all we have. That's what we know about Matthias. But that doesn't mean that he was unimportant. And it certainly doesn't mean that he didn't go about the Lord's work. 
God chose him to be one of the apostles, and that has some significance in and of itself. In fact, many of the apostles really are not that heralded in the Bible. Where's Simon the Zealot? What do we see about his work after the resurrection? Philip, well, he speaks with the Ethiopian, but what happens after that? Not a whole lot's recorded. Bartholomew, now, he does get written about in four different places in the Bible, and that's pretty good for one of what we might call the lesser apostles. His name is mentioned in our reading from Acts here, when all the apostles are listed. And then he's also mentioned once each in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, when all of the apostles are listed. So we don't have much of anything that he did. But just because these men don't have half a book telling the deeds that they did, doesn't mean that they didn't do anything. And certainly doesn't mean that they are not worthy. I mean, think about your own life. Besides Jesus Christ, who is the most influential person in your life? Well, the chances are they don't have a book written about them. They're not on a grand world stage. Their name is not a household name all across the nation. In fact, chances are that outside of your own circle of family and friends, they're basically an unknown. And if you mention their name to a stranger, they're going to go, who? But to you, that person is tops. That person is critically important. That person is central to your life. Because they've taught you so much. You've learned so much from them. They have formed who you are. Even if nobody else in the world has any clue who they are. When we look at the lives of the apostles, you know, we're kind of tempted to say, eh, whatever they did, it wasn't even important enough to make it into the Bible. So these guys are kind of B-listers at best. You know, Peter, James, and John, they were the superheroes, and the other guys were kind of the backup singers that, you know, interchangeable, you could replace them, nobody's going to notice if they're not even there. But that's not the case. Because what these men did, whether we remember them or not, whether we have a record of what they did or not, they proclaimed that gospel message of forgiveness. They said to those people who heard them that Jesus Christ was born and lived and died and rose again to save them from their sins. And to those people, these apostles were critically important. We may not know Matthias or anything else that he did, but to that person who was suffering under their sin, when Matthias proclaimed the gospel, Matthias was the greatest person ever. Not because Matthias was some world-famous superstar, not because that person was now in the presence of an apostle, but because by the power of God's word, forgiveness was given to this sinner through the likes of Matthias. Matthias himself was nothing. But the message that he brought meant absolutely everything. Meant forgiveness and eternal salvation for all those who heard him. And how can you say that that doesn't matter? Because he proclaimed that life-giving message of the gospel. That Jesus Christ true God, took on our flesh 
and entered into our world. That he lived in the face of sinful temptation and and yet led a perfect and sinless and holy life where we never could. That Jesus willingly laid down his divine life unto death on the cross in our place. The perfect dying for the sinner. The divine dying for the mortal. The creator dying for his creation so that we could be spared from the sin that we had committed. Matthias and all the apostles proclaimed that Jesus rose again from the grave to give us not just hope, but the promise of everlasting life. That all who look to him in faith, that all who hear his word and believe will live again in that perfect sinless paradise of heaven. He proclaimed that Jesus ascended into heaven, not to leave us behind to our own desires, but to intercede for us, to prepare a place for us, to rule over all things from his heavenly throne. And that he is coming again in glory to take us to be with him for all eternity. That's the powerful, eternal, unchanging message of the gospel that is for all sinners And because Matthias proclaimed that message to even one person, even if he's not the most famous of the apostles, even if we don't know for certain where he went or what exactly he did, we celebrate and rejoice at the life and faith of Matthias still today. And just as we celebrate Matthias, we celebrate you, your life, your faith, your salvation, your witness that you bear to an unbelieving world filled with sin and death and darkness. You may not be an internationally known evangelist. You may not be a very eloquent speaker and grand professor of your faith. But by the power of the Holy Spirit, you live that faith out and you share it each and every moment of your life. You proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to those who who are around you through what you do and what you say and how you live your life. God speaks through you, even though you might feel like nobody ever notices, even though your name may not be a household name other than among your immediate friends and family. Just like Matthias, you are that invisible apostle going about God's work in your everyday life, not seeking the praise of the world around you, but living out that faithful and bold witness to God's holy word, sharing the good news with others so that they too can have that peace and love and forgiveness that you yourself know that you have. Oftentimes, the most effective proclamation of Christ that we give is the one that we think nobody notices. Yeah, we'd all like to have that moment when we can give an eloquent defense of the faith in front of a mob who's about to burn our church down and then see the entire crowd of people turn and come to us and say, I believe, what time does church meet because we want to be there? But in truth, we may never see the effects of God's work that he's doing through us. We sow the seed of God's word, but we may never see it come to fruition. Some people that we share God's word with will never believe it. And that is an unfortunate reality. That doesn't mean we're wasting our breath, but the fact is, 
The devil is strong. And there are so many that have hardened their hearts to God's word, and they simply will not believe. Others, they may be brought to Christian faith long after we've lost contact, and we never actually see that happen. Still others might resist the faith right up to the moment of their death, and we won't even realize that they heard what we said until we meet them in heaven and see that our witness actually had an impact on them. And yet, we never stop sowing. We never throw our hands up and say, you know what, this world doesn't want to hear it. Nobody around me cares. Why should I even waste my breath anymore? We are not wasting our breath. We are doing our God-given duties. We are sowing the seed wherever we are, and we are leaving it to the Holy Spirit, whether that seed grows or not. We live by God's Word to give a constant witness of our faith. Not just evangelizing by knock-knock, do you know Jesus, on certain days of the week that we've come together as a church, but living out, scattering the seed wherever we go, being lights in a world of darkness. We jump at every opportunity to proclaim Jesus Christ. Whether that's engaging with friends who say, I don't see how you can even believe this Bible garbage. Whether that's simply refusing to take part in the world around us and the things that it says are wonderful and good when they go against God's word. Whether that's simply living by our Christian values, which in the world that we live in makes us stand out like a sore thumb more and more each and every day. We don't care what kind of embarrassment, ridicule, or even persecution it brings because we understand What's at stake? We want all people to know the love of Jesus Christ, to have the assurance and confidence that we have that this is not all that there is, that eternal life awaits us. We don't do it for any kind of a reward, either here on earth or any kind of bonus points in heaven. Jesus has already died for you. Jesus has already given you eternal life in paradise. There is nothing you can add to that to make it better. There are no bad seats in heaven. You are saved. And whether you witness greatly or not, you are saved. But you want others to be saved as well. We do it because we know what's at stake. We want all people to be brought to faith in Jesus Christ. We don't want a single person around us to suffer for all eternity in hell. No matter how annoying they might be, no matter how terrible they might treat us, we don't want that fate for even our worst enemy. And so we live out the word. We pray that God would work through us to speak his word of grace and peace to everyone that we come in contact with. That he would give us a bold spirit that does not back down in the face of adversity, that makes us stand for Jesus Christ no matter where we might be and say, God alone is salvation and his way alone is truth and peace in this world of chaos. And even if we are never thanked once, even if we aren't remembered or even known outside of our immediate family, we still continue to proclaim God's peace to the world because we know that peace ourselves. We know that our sins are forgiven. 
We want to share that peace and mercy and grace with everyone so that they can stand shoulder to shoulder with us here on earth and for all eternity in heaven. And because we know that it's not our work. It is God speaking through us, proclaiming His word through us, sending us out into the world to be His witnesses and bring others to His grace. And so as we remember Matthias and all the apostles today, we remember all those faithful witnesses that nobody remembers. We give thanks for the many lives of faith that touched so many people, even ours even if nobody else remembers. We give thanks that God has chosen us to proclaim his message of forgiveness to this world of sin and death. But above all else, we give thanks that someone took the time to proclaim that same message to us. That God's word has worked faith in our hearts. That we have been given the peace and comfort and assurance that Matthias and all the apostles and all Christians bring out into this world. That by the cross of Jesus Christ alone, by his empty tomb alone, you are forgiven of every one of your sins. And eternal life in heaven is yours. To God alone be all glory, now and forever. Amen.